You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. And then after you're done meeting and greeting, you can turn to this passage in the book of Genesis, which is maybe one of the easiest books of the Bible to find because it's the first book. So turn there in your own Bibles. Um, We are in the habit as Sunday school um, uh, to not put the scripture on the screen, to make help you get into the habit of turning in your own text, whether the text is Bible, uh, an actual paper Bible, or an online Bible uh, on your phone or something cool like that, all technological. But turn to Genesis 2. Uh, I'm going to read 15 through 17. This is about death. Everyone say death. That's kind of a downer topic, but uh, a topic that we will all um, become familiar with at some point. Um, And so this is the first time death enters the world. And um, people reading the stories of Genesis, Christians look at this and sometimes say, oh, this story is figurative. Some some say, oh, it's a literal story. Um, But whatever your take, whether literal or figurative, um, I would say it's a true story. It's a story about Um, how death is not a part of this world, how it was not created to be a part of this world. And then death enters the world by by human sin and error. And then there's there's death and there's um, repercussions of sin that enter into this world. And that is not how God meant it. And I think in some ways, all this month, we're going to be talking about the afterlife. In a way, it's like, how can we get back to God? Like in this perfect time that was before there was no death. So let's look at it. Genesis 2, 15 said, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. The Garden of Eden was described as this beautiful place and trees, and um, all Adam had to do was just to hang out and eat eat of the fruit. Um, But the Lord said, commanded the man actually, You are free to eat of any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, from it, you will certainly die. So when you eat from it, excuse me, you will certainly die. And this is when, and of course, if you keep reading the story of Genesis in chapter 3, it goes on to say that um, Adam and Eve were tempted to eat of the fruit, and they both did. They were right there eating of the fruit, doing exactly what God commanded them not to do, and then they will experience death. And so let's pray this morning as we consider death and the afterlife. And so, Father... The Son, the Holy Spirit, we pray to you and and ask you to open our hearts, open our minds to understanding the afterlife, that we may lay aside fear of the afterlife and and just only fear you, that we may lay aside misconceptions of the afterlife, that you and your word may instruct us on on the things that are to come. God, as we study these things, I, I just ask and proclaim that you are God, that you would be made known in here that you would open our hearts and minds to understanding you and your glory. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, I want to tell you a story about a guy who called New Life Church about a year and a half or so ago. Maybe it was almost two years ago now. He called New Life. He was the um, president of the Atheist Club right across the street at Pikes Peak Community College. And he called New Life Church just asking to talk to a pastor. He said uh, on the phone, as I just want to talk with a pastor, I want to enter into a dialogue about uh, the existence of God. I'm the president of the atheist 
uh, club over at Pikes Peak. And so wh- whoever he talked to on the phone, one of the administrators, one of the receptionists said, oh, maybe he would like to talk to Joe and Joe would like to talk to him. So he was transferred over to my office. I answered the phone. He introduced himself. We had a great conversation over the phone and then decided, let's meet up. And so he came over to my office a couple days later and we had probably an hour long meeting about the existence of God. And he comes from, uh, came from a Christian background, but then became an atheist and is just studying religions and studying atheism. And, and so we had this cool meeting. It was, it was really cool because sometimes I think I've talked with atheists and it turns into like this debate where there's like kind of just this tension and you get mad at each other. But we just had a conversation. We listened to each other. We did more listening um, than, than talking at each other, just kind of describing our own personal views and, and reasons for why we had those views, mine, that I believe in God, his, that he did not believe in God. And then we decided um, to continue meeting and keep meeting at like coffee shops because conversations seem to ha- happen better at coffee shops. Anybody else think that? Um, so we, we continued to meet and we probably had over the course of a couple months, maybe five meetings at different coffee shops. And we would talk about um, God and religion. And and it came it came to happen that we he asked me to be a part of the part of a debate that was hosted by Pikes Peak Community College. And a few of you um, came with me and we and the atheist, uh, like it was, it was quite a few people too, because I think uh, teachers gave students extra credit if they went. So there's quite a few people there just to listen to us talk. And the biggest feedback that we got, which I took as a compliment, I think they weren't issuing it as a compliment. Um, but the biggest feedback from two different professors we got was, you guys seem too nice to each other. And I took that as like, sweet, like, like you came in here expecting a fight, but instead you just saw a conversation and a conversation where we stuck to our guns. Like I wasn't just saying, oh yeah, whatever you want to believe, that's cool. I was, you know, we were agreeing to disagree. We had disagreements. Um, but anyways, I, I tell this story to talk about um, one of the times where in our conversations at a coffee shop, it was maybe one of the few times, if I was honest, where I felt like, oh, I kind of won that piece of the conversation. Because most of the time he would come to these coffee shop meetings ready to talk. Like he had already pre-thought of some things. He actually usually came with like a notebook and some outline points and would ask me questions and kind of knew what I was going to say as a Christian. Um, and kind of, I think if I was honest, for the most part, like he probably won some of the conversations, maybe even most, because I would usually come to a point where I had to say, well, I'm not really sure. Let me think about it. Let me research it and, and get back to you. Um, but there was this one time where I felt like, oh, I had something to say. And he didn't really have a lot to say back. And I said, um, so you're kind of a scientist, at least, you know, he's believes in, you know, empirical evidence and what he can see. And so therefore he doesn't believe in God because you can't see God. I said, you're familiar with uh, the laws of thermodynamics. And basically one of the laws that the first law actually says something along the lines of energy and matter cannot be created or destroyed. So when something happens and and work is done, maybe heat is given off, work is done, and one energy form goes to another energy form, but it doesn't disappear. Nothing disappears. Like even if if you were to burn a log, well, the log gives off heat, uh, part of the log goes up and is vaporized, part of the log turns into ashes, but it just doesn't disappear. It's still around because matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed. So I said, and this just, it's, I didn't really think of saying it this way, but I just thought of like the afterlife. So if, if energy, matter cannot be created or destroyed, if you consider something alive and something dead, like maybe two little rabbits, one alive, sorry for the gruesome analogy, one little rabbit is alive, one little rabbit is dead, you'd say the alive rabbit has 
a certain amount of energy about it, and the dead one does not. So where does that energy go? Like if, if in death, does it just disappear? Um, what happens to the, the rabbit's life, that energy? Um, and he really didn't have an answer for that. I was like, so, so it has to go somewhere. So do, do you believe in the afterlife? And he's like, well, I never thought about it that way, comparing it to this first law of thermodynamics. And so I was like, sweet, I at least said something that you haven't thought of yet. Cool. High five myself, pat myself on the back. Um, and then we started talking about NDEs. Do you know what NDEs are? Anybody? Near death experiences. And we talked about that for a little bit. And, and I had this point that, um, I said, well, when people experience near-death experiences, um, usually they're in the operating room and they, they actually die for a little while or they experience some sort of accident or a pretty common one is someone falls in the ice and, and for like 15 minutes they're declared dead, like their, their heart stops. Some of these um, things, like when someone dies in the hospital, like their brainwaves stop, um, their heart stops, they're dead. They're declared dead and then something happens like CPR or they shock them back to life, and they actually come back to life from being declared dead. Um, it's pretty interesting, pretty mysterious experiences. And what's kind of interesting is that some of those people that experience those things have something to say about that experience when they come back to life. And they say things like, it seems like there's this reoccurring theme. Um, I was, I was, so I'm talking with this atheist guy. And said, it seems like there's this reoccurring theme. There's the experience of floating that so many people have. There's this experience of, of going to a light that so many people have. And so how do we explain that as humans, that of these other humans that experience death um, and then come back and tell about it. And he was like, well, I don't know. Um, you know, people that experience near-death experiences are just that, just nearly dead. Um, and he said, you know, what we really need is for someone to die for like a couple days and then come back after that and talk about it. And no one in history has ever died for a couple days and then come back to talk about it. And then I was like, but wait, 